Hello and welcome to Humanize the Hustle. I'm Alicia Slaughter, and I created this podcast for health-conscious corporate professionals, working parents, and entrepreneurs. Join me and special guests as we talk about the latest in mind-body wellness. Here, we believe that health and happiness is non-negotiable. And just a reminder, this podcast is for the purpose of education only and is not a replacement for medical help. Please seek out the help of a trained professional for help with your specific situation. Okay, now on with the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Coach's Corner, where we cut through the complexities of health and dive straight into the heart of essential well-being. I'm Alicia Slaughter, host of Humanize the Hustle, and your guide on today's exploration. As a health coach, yoga teacher, and busy marketing executive, I bring you practical research-backed insights that even the busiest people can consider. Today, we are diving into the foundational importance of digestion and gut health and why they are crucial for overall well-being. Before we jump into the details, let me share a bit about my approach. I'm trained as a holistic health coach, and I advocate for a balanced view of health, one that considers the connection between health of our body, our mind, and our spirit. With my qualifications and proven methodologies, individuals have not only overcome digestive issues, but also experience a profound shift in their overall well-being. These episodes are meant to be like mini coaching sessions, so get a pen and paper and be ready to write down any ideas that might help you improve your overall gut health. Now, let's start by talking about why digestion and gut health are vital. Your gut health determines the health of your body. You cannot be healthy without a happy gut. Digestion, the process of breaking down and absorbing nutrients from food, is closely linked to the overall well-being of the gastrointestinal tract, including the microbiome and immune function. The gut is often referred to as the second brain because it houses millions of neurons that communicate with the brain, influencing mood, behavior, and the immune system. A healthy gut efficiently breaks down food, absorbs nutrients, and eliminates waste, promoting good digestion, vitality, hormone balance, and mental well-being. On the contrary, an unhealthy gut can lead to various digestive issues and impact mental health, immune function, and even contribute to chronic diseases like diabetes and heart disease. Let's explore how gut health goes beyond digestion. Most people will recognize they have an issue with their gut health when they have persistent stomach or digestive issues like cramping, bloating, loose stools, or constipation. What many don't know is that an unhealthy gut has far-reaching influence and non-digestive symptoms can show up resulting in skin issues, sleep disturbances, fatigue, hormone imbalances, and even weight gain. So pretty much everything that is important to you feeling good in your body and your life comes from having a healthy gut. In understanding gut health, it all comes down to the delicate balance between good and bad bacteria. Picture your gut as a bustling city hosting trillions of microorganisms that we call the gut microbiota. These tiny citizens, both beneficial and harmful, team up to influence digestion, nutrients absorption, and immune function. This balance is cru- crucial for your overall well-being. Disturbances in this equilibrium, known as gut dysbiosis, can send ripples through your health. The good bacteria are the stars of the show here, aiding in digestion, crafting essential vitamins, and fortifying your immune system. But 
If the bad bacteria get too plentiful and outweigh the good bacteria, it can lead to inflammation and a slew of other health issues. To promote overall health and well-being, the key lies in fostering a balance of good and bad gut bacteria through a wholesome diet, incorporating probiotics, and making other healthy gut-supporting lifestyle choices. Now, let's talk through a few symptoms that might signal that you have gut dysbiosis. So there's skin issues. The health of our skin is closely linked to our gut health. Skin conditions like acne, eczema, and rosacea have been linked to gut dysbiosis. Then there's our mental health. The gut produces and regulates hormones that affect our mood, energy, and stress levels. An imbalance in gut bacteria has been linked to mental health conditions such as depression, anxiety, and even autism. Then there's our immune system. A healthy gut is essential for a strong immune system. An imbalance of gut bacteria can weaken the immune system and increase the risk of infections, autoimmune diseases, and allergies. And then there's sleep. How is your sleep? Did you know that sleep is directly related to your gut health also? Studies have shown a link between gut dysbiosis and sleep disturbances, such as insomnia. Fatigue. An imbalance of gut bacteria can lead to inflammation and oxidative stress, which can contribute to fatigue and low energy levels. There's a couple more here. Curious if you're surprised by any of these. So hormone imbalances, that seems to be a big topic uh, amongst everyone in, uh, that are women, especially in their 40s, right? Um, as mentioned earlier, the gut plays a role in regulating hormones such as estrogen, testosterone, and cortisol. An imbalance of gut bacteria can lead to hormone imbalances in conditions like PCOS, infertility, and thyroid disorders. Then there's weight gain. People who are struggling with their weight, either gaining weight or losing weight, um, might see some correlation between their gut health and their weight struggles. So studies have shown that a link between gut dysbiosis and obesity an imbalance of gut bacteria can lead to increased calorie absorption and inflammation, which can contribute to weight gain. So maybe you already know you have a gut issue or you're just realizing the source of your health symptom could be due to an imbalance in your gut. Let's talk through what key factors contribute to gut health and digestion and help bring more balance between the good and bad bacteria in your system. So how do we support a healthy and balanced, envi balanced environment in our gut? And remember, the balance in this environment in our gut also supports your overall health. So we'll start with dietary fiber, which is very, very important foundational and something really easy you can consider. So a rich and diverse diet full of fiber-rich foods nourishes the, beneful, the beneficial bacteria in your gut. It feeds it. So this is a super easy thing, like I said, to add to your life and a very impactful gut health habit. We'll talk more about this in a bit. Then there's probiotics. So introducing live beneficial bacteria through fermented foods or supplements helps support a healthy gut. So remember the name of the game is that you want more healthy bacteria in your gut than the bad bacteria. So probiotics is, is really key here. Hydration. So staying adequately hydrated aids nutrient transportation and, and um, also helps assist with regular waste elimination. And you want to keep the good stuff in and eliminate the rest. So having healthy uh, regular and healthy bowel movements is a super important indicator for your health and one of the main ways that your body gets rid of waste and toxins. So if you're not eliminating regularly, that's something to consider to get back on track. And if you you need help, you know, reach out about that. 
Uh, so this regular elimination really ensures uh, that your digestive system is functioning um, optimally, optimally, and also promotes a clean and efficient pathway for eliminating byproducts and maintaining overall well-being. And the last one I'll mention here is physical activity. So don't underestimate the overarching impact of moving your body regularly. So regular in exercise is linked to a more diverse and beneficial gut microbiota also. So now let's discuss what contributes to gut dysbiosis or that imbalance that I mentioned before in the microbial community within the gut. The following things contribute to overgrowth of the harmful microorganisms and a depletion of benefit, uh, beneficial ones. So we'll start with antibiotic use. So antibiotics, uh, when you need them, definitely you know help you get better, but they're designed to kill or inhibit the growth of bacteria, both good and bad, and they're not selective. So they affect both the harmful and the beneficial bacteria in your gut. And prolonged or frequent antibiotic use may disrupt this balance of the gut microbiota, leading to dysbiosis. So quick tip here, after you do a round of antibiotics, you should probably follow up with a round of probiotics and something to talk to your doctor about, of course, but something to consider. Then there's poor diet. So diets high in processed foods, sugars, alcohol, and low in fiber can negatively impact the gut microbiota. Beneficial bacteria thrive on a diverse range of nutrients, including fiber, like I mentioned before, which is essential for maintaining that healthy balance balance we're looking for. The third one I'm going to talk about here is stress. So stress is another one of those things that has really, really overarching holistic impacts on our health, something that we really need to figure out how to address and come up with those, a really strong toolkit of stress management skills and tools. So chronic stress can influence the gut-brain access and affecting the composition of the gut micro microbiota. So infections, let's talk a little bit about infections. So gastrointestinal infections caused by harmful bacteria, viruses, or parasites can disrupt the normal balance of the gut microbiota also. This imbalance may persist even after the in infection has been treated. So if you often go to Mexico or uh, pick up something, you know, locally here in the U.S., just be mindful that there's a, you're going to have to support yourself even after you clear up that infection. Uh, lack of breastfeeding is another one that's really interesting. So the initial microbial colonization of an infant's gut begins at birth and is influenced by breastfeeding. So lack of breastfeeding or earlier exposure to formula milk may impact the development of a healthy gut microbiota. A uh, couple more here, uh, lack of environmental diversity. So limited exposure to diverse environments, natural outdoor settings, and a lack of interaction with diverse microbes early in life may contribute to dysbiosis. So don't be scared of getting your hands dirty, being out in nature, playing in the garden. Uh, there, you're never too late to start and definitely let your kids get dirty, play in the dirt, and don't overdo it on the, um, you know, trying to keep them free from germs. A little bit will will help them really boost uh, the diverse microbes in their system. Then there's age. So as we age, uh, aging is associated with changes in the gut microbiota. The elderly individual um, elderly individuals may experience alterations to the balance of the beneficial and harmful bacteria. So as we age, it's even more important to take good care of our bodies and really focus on doing what we can to really support our gut health. 
Uh, then there's medical conditions and treatment. So certain medical conditions such as inflammatory bowel disease or irritable bowel syndrome and treatments like chemotherapy or radiation therapy can also influence the gut microbiota and contribute to dysbiosis. And also many prescription medications also throw off the balance of good and bad bacteria in your gut. Couple more here. Uh, excessive use of disinfectants. So I'm, this kind of goes along with, you know, not exposing yourself to a natural, uh, you know, enough dirt, um, enough just kind of outside micro microbiotas. Um, so excessive use of disinfectants, excessive cleanliness and the overuse of microbial products and disinfectants. Oh, and sorry, Excessive cleanliness and the overuse of antimicrobial products and disinfectants may limit exposure to beneficial microbes, uh, potentially contributing to dysbiosis. Two more. So lifestyle factors, factors like lack of physical activity, inadequate sleep, and excessive alcohol consumption can also impact the gut balance. Uh, last one I'm going to um, mention here is genetics. So Genetic factors can also play a role in determining an individual's susceptibility to dysbiosis, and some people are just more predispositioned. So let me just go back and go back through that list just to remind you. So there's quite a few things that really can throw your the health of your gut off. So antibiotic use, poor diet, stress, infections, lack of breastfeeding, lack of environmental diversity, age, medical conditions and treatments, excessive use of disinfectants, lifestyle factors, and then finally genetics. So it's important to note that dysbiosis is a complex and multifactorial condition, and the interplays of these factors can vary from person to person. So really adopting a balanced diet, managing stress, avoiding unnecessary antibiotic and prescription medication use, and promoting a healthy lifestyle are key strategies for maintaining gut health and preventing dysbiosis. And if individuals experience persistent digestive issues, consulting with a healthcare professional and working with a health coach like myself can help get things back on track. So if there's one easy to incorporate takeaway from this episode, it's going to be to eat more fiber, something that you can start doing with your next meal. Fiber is a key nutrient supporting a healthy gut by promoting regular bowel movements, feeding beneficial gut bacteria, reducing inflammation, controlling blood sugar levels, and also lowering cholesterol. And there's two main types of fiber you want to consider. So there's soluble and insoluble. Soluble fiber found in foods like oats, beans, lentils, and fruit, dissolved in water and forms like a gel-like substance in your intestinal tract. And then on the other hand, insoluble fiber present in whole grains, nut seed, and many vegetables like broccoli and dark leafy greens does not dissolve in water and adds bulk to the stool. So aiding in more regular bowel movements. Both types are important for supporting a healthy gut and overall well-being. So let's cover some of the key ways fiber supports your gut and digestion. So we've said this a couple times, but it promotes regular bowel movements. It feeds beneficial gut bacteria. It helps to reduce inflammation. It also helps to control those blood sugar levels, also helps to lower cholesterol levels. And you want to aim for a variety of fiber-rich foods in your diet to ensure you're getting the fiber your body needs. The recommended daily intake of fiber is 25 grams for women and 38 grams for men, but many people fall short of this goal. So let's fix that. There are many different fiber-rich foods that, can that you can include in your diet to support a healthy gut. So here are some of my favorite fiber-rich foods to consider. So fruits. 
Apples, berries, pears, oranges, and bananas are all great sources of fiber. With fruit, I tell my clients that berries are best. So say that to yourself or write it down. Berries are best. Why? Because of their high fiber, low sugar, and nutrient-dense qualities. So raspberries, for example, have eight grams of fiber for one cup of, of raspberries. Then there's vegetables. So broccoli, carrots, Brussels sprouts, sweet potatoes, and leafy greens like spinach and kale are all good sources of fiber. One cup of cooked broccoli, for example, contains around five grams of fiber. And special shout out to artichokes, which hold a special place on in my heart and on this list. One medium artichoke has 6.9 grams of fiber and a wealth of other health-promoting nutrients. So artichokes and fiber should be on your berries, artichokes, and fiber should be on your weekly shopping list. Then there's whole grains, and these can also be an excellent source of fiber if, you're, if your body tolerates them. So among grains, barley typically has one of the highest fiber content, but quinoa would be the overall winner if you're looking at fiber plus overall nutritional value. A one cup serving of quinoa has about five grams of dietary fiber, along with notable amounts of protein, magnesium, iron, zinc, phosphorus, and various B vitamins. So next we'll talk about nuts and seeds. And hopefully as we're going, you're writing some of these down and putting them on your shopping list. So nuts and seeds, almond, chia seeds, flax seeds, and pistachios are all good sources of fiber. Chia seeds are known for having one of the highest fiber contents among nuts and seeds. And these tiny seeds are an excellent source of both soluble and insoluble fiber. For example, a one ounce or 28 gram serving of chia seeds can provide around 10 grams of dietary fiber. And chia seeds also offer other nutritional benefits, including omega-3 fatty acids, which are great for fighting inflammation. And in addition to supporting our gut health, which is fighting inflammation, really our body is going to be most health healthy if we do everything that we can to incorporate inflammation-fighting foods. So that's those omega-3s are really powerful for that. And then as far as nuts go, one ounce of almonds or even a small handful contain around three grams of fiber. There's legumes next, so that's beans. Uh, lentils, chickpeas, black beans, and kidney beans are all high in fiber. My favorite is lentils. So one cup of cooked lentils, for example, contains around 15 grams of fiber. Um, and it's important to note that increasing your fiber intake too quickly can lead to bloating and discomfort. So it's best to gradually increase your fiber intake over several weeks while also making sure you're drinking plenty of water. Again, aim to include a variety of fiber-rich foods in your diet to ensure you're getting all the different types of fiber your body needs. And since I mentioned hydration, uh, you also want to make sure that you're drinking at least half your weight in ounces a day of water. So for um, a 100-pound person, let's say you're going to want to drink 50 grams of water. Sorry, 50 ounces of water. So if you weigh 100 pounds, drink 50 ounces of water. Okay. So we've covered a number of ideas for adding more fiber to your diet. And while I like to focus on what you can add more of, here's a list of things you should avoid if you're working on your gut health. These next items all work against any work you might be putting in to bring more balance to your, your gut system. So you want to limit or avoid added sugars, processed foods, highly processed and red meats. While we're talking about meat, uh, I'm a big, big proponent of saying no to factory farm meat and really spending your money on meat that is organic, that is free range, and that is sustainable. So make a pause and a note there, it's super important. So getting too many saturated fats, 
eating those fatty cuts of meat and going for full fat dairy, uh, excessive salt and sodium. So more of, you don't want to worry about salt so much that you're adding like the Himalayan salt you might be adding to your diet, but just stay away from those really high, uh, high salt content processed foods and processed snacks. Then there's artificial sweeteners. You want to consider moderation with those. Any kind of refined carbohydrates. So that's overly processed white breads and sugary cereals. Fast food and takeout is going to work against you too. And then excessive alcohol. So those are some of the things you consider to avoid as you're working on building up your gut health. Okay, so now because I'm a holistic nutritionist, you know there's more to the story than just diet. So holistic health considers what you put in your body, how you move your body, and how well you thrive overall in your life. So in addition to eating a balanced diet and avoiding inflammatory foods, you should also be considering getting enough regular exercise, incorporating more stress management techniques into your days, and making sure you're getting enough sleep. Next, I'll cover a summary of my top gut health lifestyle tips. Uh, We've covered a few of these earlier, but this is a good wrap-up of what you should consider to holistically address your gut health. So eating a balanced diet. In addition to adding more fiber, your meals should be balanced so that each meal includes a variety of vegetables and fruits. Uh, Another thing to write down is you want to eat the rainbow. Variety is really key for overall health and, and offering our gut more variety and diversity, which it really thrives on. You want to eat lean protein and healthy fat. So let me summarize that. So each meal should be balanced so that you can check off. It is mostly vegetables and fruits, high in fiber, high in nutrition, low in calorie, a serving of lean protein and a serving of healthy fat. Anything above that is just for taste. You can learn more about building well-balanced meals in my previous coach's corner called called, um, building nourishing meals and healthy lifestyle basics. You can find that um, on any podcast platform. Then you want to stay hydrated. So I mentioned this too, but it's worth repeating. Drinking plenty of water can help with nutrient intake and helps to keep stools soft and prevents constipation. There's stress. So stress can affect digestion. Finding ways to manage stress is so, so important. You want to consider things such as meditation, deep breathing, or yoga. Then that regular exercise. So regular exercise can help improve digestion and prevent constipation. So I really suggest trying to get at least 30 minutes a day. Walking is fine. You know, if all you can do is a little bit of gentle yoga and stretching, it gets your blood moving. It gets things circulating. Just do what you can, but do try to commit to at least 30 minutes a day. Sleep is super crucial. So fixing whatever sleep issues you're having and getting enough sleep is really, really going to help you move the needle on these changes. And then you want to avoid reactive foods. So this gets into the topic of foods that cause inflammation. So when you eat certain foods, some people can have a reaction to them based on what's going on in your gut. So some people have a sensitivity to gluten. Some people have a sensitivity to dairy. Some people are sensitive to eggs. So really, if you are experiencing some digestive issues or you're having skin issues, you might want to consider an elimination diet to really figure out what foods are triggering inflammation, are triggering digestive symptoms. So digestive symptoms, I covered a bunch of those before, but bloating, 
or gas or cramping or skin issues or even depression. So finding these reactive foods can be hard. So working with a health coach for this part can really be helpful in, in pinpointing exactly what's causing the issues. So avoiding those reactive foods, identifying and a- avoiding reactive foods. Um, another thing that's really simple to do and, and people kind of forget that your digestion starts in your mouth. So chew your food thoroughly, take your time. Chewing food thoroughly can help break it down and really makes it easier to digest. So as it goes through your digestive system, your body's able to assimilate and get what it needs from the meals that you're eating. And I know this is no fun, but alcohol and caffeine are not always your friend. You really want to ingest as as little as possible for both of those. So if you're used to drinking two cups of coffee a day, consider one. If you drink um, an alcohol beverage one or two every day, consider cutting back and only drinking on the weekends. It really will make a really big difference. And it's in alcohol and caffeine, they irritate the digestive system. So limiting their intake can be helpful. Another one is don't smoke. If you're smoking, and and everyone knows this, and I know it's really hard to quit, but smoking can contribute to also to your digestive problems. So not only your digestive problems, but your lungs, like let's just work on taking smoking out of your life 2024, put it on your resolution list and and really try to get support for quitting smoking if that's something that you're doing. Um, Then there's probiotics. So probiotics are beneficial bacteria that can help to support a healthy gut microbiome. And this is super, super important for your digestion. And so you can consider incorporating probiotic rich foods to your diet, such as yogurt or kefir or sauerkraut. Or you can consider taking a probiotic supplement. And one thing I'll mention with probiotic supplements is that the variety of probiotic strains that are in the probiotic supplement are more important than how many of one kind. So again, variety is key and you want to look for a variety in your probiotic supplement. So 12 to 15 to 20 different strains than like thousands and thousands of different of, of um thousands and thousands of probiotics of one single strain. So hopefully that makes sense. Reach out if not. So I'm just going to quickly go through that and summarize what we just went over. So here are the things that you should consider to holistically address your gut health. So first, we talked about eating a balanced diet. We talked about staying hydrated, managing your stress, exercising regularly, getting enough sleep, identifying and avoiding reactive foods. You want to make sure to chew your food thoroughly. You want to limit excessive alcohol and caffeine intake, quit smoking, and consider probiotics. So hopefully a couple of those things spark something, an idea for you, you know, start small and then start layering on. But that's really a holistic overview of the things that you should be doing and considering on a daily basis to support your gut health. And remember, everyone's digestive system is unique and the approach to getting your gut health in a good place is going to be unique to you. And what works for one person doesn't work for other for another. And so that's why it can be really helpful to work with a health coach because they will they will look at you and figure out exactly and help you identify what is unique to your gut health and what might be causing 
causing issues uniquely for you and what your unique approach will be. You can also figure this out on your own. It's a lot of trial and error, and I will just give you a little um, hope and encouragement to just not give up because this is so foundationally important. And you'll really, if you stick with it, give some of these changes that I'm talking about minimum two months and and really see what a difference they can make. So like, you know, if you have ongoing digestive systems, like uh, digestive symptoms, like I said, are concern, you can reach out to your healthcare professional or someone like myself and really get to the bottom of what's going on. Okay, so we covered a lot today. Let's take a moment to recap and reflect. I suggest uh, that you have your pen and paper ready and to take some notes as I as I ask you a couple questions and you can consider your response. So let's just think about your diet and reflect on your diet. So how diverse is your daily intake of fruits, vegetables, and fiber-rich foods? Can you consider adding some variety and maybe something new to your diet? And what high-fiber foods from what I discussed today will you start to incorporate more of into your diet? Jot a couple of those down. And then, you know, consider are there specific foods that you've identified that could be impacting your gut health negatively? And are you ready to consider a plan of how to avoid those and and get your gut health into a, a better place? Now we're going to discuss um, some lifestyle considerations. So how do you currently manage stress in your life? And are there additional stress management techniques you couldn't explore? Next, what is your current exercise routine and how could you incorporate more movement into your daily life? And I'm not talking about going to the gym every day. You don't have to do that. Just finding daily movement. You can dance, you can swim, you can walk, you can roll around on a roller 30 minutes a day. Can you commit to that? Then are there lifestyle factors or habits that this discussion has helped you identify that you could work to remedy. So alcohol, smoking, processed food, more time in nature, maybe starting a garden. Could you do one of those things? Just write it down. Then let's talk about hydration and sleep. So are you staying hydrated? Are you reaching the recommendation of drinking half of your weight in ounces a day? Okay, let's talk about sleep. How is your sleep? Are there any adjustments you could make to improve it? All right, lastly, seeking support. Have you considered seeking guidance from a healthcare professional or a health coach to address any persistent persistent digestive concerns? You don't have to navigate this alone. And if you're needing any help, remember you can reach out. So to conclude what I've shared today, I want to end with this as a reminder. Our gut health plays a crucial foundational role in our overall health and well-being and should be a foundational focus if you're looking to increase your health and well-being, whether for your body or your mind. By focusing on a balanced diet with adequate fiber, stress management, and regular exercise, we can support a healthy balance of gut bacteria, we can help reduce inflammation in our body, and promote hormone balance. All those things sound great, right? So remember, your gut is your second brain, so take care of it. 
Thank you all so much for listening and please reach out if I can help you get your health back on track. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Humanize the Hustle podcast. If you would like to get in touch with the show, email me at myalchemylife at gml.com or follow me on Instagram at wellnesswithalicia. And if you like the show, please share it with someone you love and make sure and give us a five-star review. Talk to you next time. And remember, health and happiness is non-negotiable.